Hello, everyone who has joined us here live, and a fond howdy to those listening to us on the streaming platform of your choice in the future. Welcome to Documentation Not Included, Episode 78. I am Josie Howarth, and I am joined, as ever, by my zestful, xenodotial, witty, bold, over-yonder host, Chris. <laughs> now I know what you wanted the letters for. Very, very yeah. well done there. Very well done. Thank you. I like, uh, I like it. Very good. <laughs> I'm like, I need adjectives, but they can't be about his beard this time. So. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to look up some of those words, though. There's at least one of them I didn't understand. Xenodotial? Possibly that one, yes. Friendly to strangers. Oh. Oh. I would say generally I am. But anyway, thank you very much. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to everybody in chat. Uh, do get involved with the show. It is live, so we will uh, respond to any queries, comments, and, and get you involved as and when. Um, got to a point where I don't even need to get the script up now. Forgot. Forgot about it today and just just I'd lived it. Anyway, so let's straight get straight onto our subjects today. Sorry we weren't here last week, everybody. Yes. We um we had Yes. Had I some, was sick. Uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is, you know, these things happen. Life life happens, doesn't it? And uh, we've always said that the podcast comes secondary to life as much as you guys might not want to listen hear hear that. I'm sure there's we've got loads of fans that, you know, are up in arms when we're not we're not broadcasting. They, they do check in on us, which is lovely. Keep doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, is so, our gloss radio company the intro? Gwyns asks. Yeah. Well, that, again, I think we're going to need we're going to need uh, some kind of. Uh, do you need me to define witty? Dictionary definition. No, I can, I can deal with witty. What about yonder? I mean, I know what yonder means, but in my context, yonder is something something that's you know. It's over, over there. Hmm. Yeah, there's something over there. Oh, so yeah. I'm yonder because I'm not near you. So, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'll give you that one as well. Was, was See, that it? Well, you guys don't... Yeah. Well, there was also Zestful, which is basically full of life and energetic and And then stuff. what was but, B? Bold. Bold, yes. I'll give you that. So there you go. We don't See, what a- you guys don't know is right before the show, I said, Chris, give me five letters. And of course, Chris, being as difficult as he possibly can be, started with Z. And I'm like, yo, okay, <laughs> fine. Ugh. You did look quite angry with me when I did that. I didn't look angry. I was looking pensive because I'm like, can I think of any adjectives that start with X? And I'm like, I don't think I can. So I actually had to look that one up. And then you remembered the internet exists and the rhyming dictionaries. And I, I used to write poems and always use rhyming dictionaries because I'm useless. I now need to hear some of your poetry sometime. It's not really appropriate for for the public. Oh. Oh, it's more right. For my, it's more for my wife, if, if you know what I mean. It's, um, yeah, around. Mm. It's uh, I, I proposed to my wife using a poem, in fact. I wrote her a 12-bar sonnet for uh, for a... And had it framed and everything for. Who <laughs> knew that Chris was a romantic like that? Well, everyone now. I, I, I am learned. Mm. I am learned now. So but yes. We get, anyway, we get onto subjects. Topics. Whatever we were, we yeah. were going to talk about today. So you you said something earlier on um, about industry pricing. You wanted to talk about and uh, just just clarify that what you meant there. Okay, so. In the world of the internet, we have the ability to go searching for anything at any moment in time and do comparisons between products. Whether you are looking at trying to compare something like Discord and Slack, or you are looking to compare something like Aldi and, uh, I don't know, Little, like you can go and you can look for anything online and do comparisons. In the world that both you and I are from, which is the dev world and stuff like that, the IT world is a really good place to just state it happens a lot in the IT world. You can go and you can look up pricing for services or products, and then you can try and figure out what the hell they mean. As an example, today I was looking around at the managed database um, platforms that's offered by DigitalOcean and Linode because... You know, I'm looking at expanding in such a way as to start really pulling the different pieces of the hosting platforms and stuff that I do into much more uh, manageable chunks in such a way that they don't impact memory and I can scale better, faster, stronger. Insert Daft Punk reference here. (laughs) Now, 
In my case, I was looking at the managed database things going, well, let's look at the pricing because I have a rough idea of how big these databases are. I have a rough idea about how much um, activity is actually being put on them because, hey, metrics are a great thing. And then I'm given pricing charts that are, for the most part, kind of the exact same between the two, except DigitalOcean includes hard drive space, whereas Linode does not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm at a point where I have to make a decision between these, but I can't make a good decision unless I have a solid understanding of what is really being offered. I wish, I wish that in our industry, people had to be explicit and be the same across everything because it is so annoying when you go to look for something and they use different terms. Perfect example, Ops Genie versus PagerDuty. Trying to set up, uh, that's a monitoring platform for those who are unaware. You can uh, set up a way for alerts to be sent or to have triggers occur, etc. PagerDuty has some incredibly awesome functionality, including while you get the alert, you can actually set up triggers to say, restart my SQL or something else like that. Whereas, you know, in Ops Genie, it's all about sort of managing alerts and incidences and stuff like that. PagerDuty does that, but it also does a lot as well. And I was testing both. But in both cases, they use the term service differently, which makes it really complicated for me to be able to do comparisons. Are you saying that you want to? Can't you all just have a standard? I was just going to say, are you saying that you want to implement a new standard? Well, to implement this new standard, this is going to bring up XKCD, isn't it? It absolutely is. (laughs) You you know what? I'm I'm going to. For this show, because I did it for the last show. For those of you who are listening to us, um, our last show from two weeks ago is live now um, on the platform of your choice. But if you go to our website and you look closer, we do have links for that show, which links to the Circus podcast and to that mannequin uh, company (laughs) thing. I am going to put XKCD and I'm going to link to that in our show notes. I, I, I have that. Uh, just just ready to copy and paste because it's it's relevant almost every time I have a conversation with someone in the tech industry. Oh, it absolutely is. And the thing is, I think people fear um, not being seen as innovative, which is a load of annoyance unto itself within the IT world. You know, where they're like, oh, we're innovative and uh, in- emergent and a bleeding edge. And it's it's just like, I just want to know what it is you are doing, what the limitations are, and the price, please. I understand I that. I understand the convenience to aspect. to hear the word bleeding edge. It actually eats time into uh, project planning because when you're trying to pick the right uh, either platform or the right app or the right service, you have to investigate it deeply. And just reading documentation is not going to do anything. You need to throw test data at it. You need to run it through the bells, whistles, and things that you expect potentially could bring harm to a system to see how robust it is. And it's never ending. I'm annoyed is what it comes down to. What you've just described is 99% of my job, though. I mean, we call it a spike a lot of the time. You know, it's like figure out what something's going to do. I know you don't work in teams. You don't work with, you know, lots and lots of people. And I don't have to work with small teams. teams, But but, but you know what I mean? Generally, you don't work in a development team, so you don't probably don't work in the same way in that when you have a task to do, when you have work that is tangible, you... You usually know all most of the ins and outs of it. You want you know what the inputs are, you know what the outputs are, and you know generally if you're a senior, you generally know how to get there. You know, if you've got the experience of it. Doctor be senior, I don't know why I said that, but you know, if you know how to do it, you're gonna you're gonna be able to do it and estimate it fairly well. But when we don't know the answer to a question, and I I use this in my real life as well, when I don't know the answer to a question, I test like say I'm doing something new DIY wise, I'll get a little bit of wood and I'll nail something into it, or I'll screw something into it, and I'll figure out how it works before I actually apply it to the wall that I need to attach it to. And that's what spikes are in in these worlds. And spikes are sometimes just, right, we need to figure out what the difference is between Linode and DigitalOcean. We need to go go away, get a free droplet from each one of them, or I don't know what they're called on Linode, 
they're called Linodes, actually, aren't they? Or Nodes. Yeah. Nodes. Um, so, and, and check out, you know, do a comparison, do a technical analysis as quickly as you can to get the answers that we need. And, you know, I, I, I understand the frustration, but I also kind of, there's the marketing aspect of it as well. There's the, there's the whole, every company, as you just said, wants to be unique. They want to be able to present a different product that's going to sell some of their units. It's the same product. It doesn't do anything. I, I'm sorry. I have to do Freedom from Mars says, no, I want a bleeding edge solution with lots of buzzwords so I can sell it to management. I don't want something appropriate and sensible that actually works. Oh, also, yeah, of course. I, I said if we don't. I, yes, hello, Freddie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it's Freedom, not Freddie. Sorry, wrong, wrong person. I was flipping yeah, between Freddy's. I don't know if Freddy is here. The the jokes and the puns are are not here yet. So <laughs> I was um, yeah. I was just flipping between featured chat to try and get it up on screen, but unfortunately, it's not working. So sorry, freedom from us. Um, yeah, I mean, is that just a whinge, Josie, or have you got a solution for this, or does it not need a solution? Are you just having a good old bit of catharsis? To be honest. I think there is a solution, but it is not one that people will like. I'm listening. Get rid of marketing. It literally, completely, and utterly comes down to marketing. To you without and I, a shadow of a doubt. To you and I, that would be wonderful. To tech managers, less technical people, uh, people who just need a server to do something. Um then it it wouldn't i don't like marketing either but it's still it's got it's always going to be a thing everything that we look at is marketing the monitors we're looking at right now they've got marketing all over them logos to remind you that you're using a samsung monitor or a a liama monitor or whatever you know well absolutely and i think the like to me it would be really, really nice if there was just a basic set of standards of if you are selling a server, a hardware server, and I'm not talking about the little PCs that you can buy from a shop and turn them into service. I'm talking the rack mounts. Mm-hmm. Like if you're doing a rack mount, there should be a minimum amount of similarity across the board. You see this in things like size, weight, dimensions, like you see things like that. But then when you start to get to the nitty grittier parts, like the CPU, a hot swappable or hot swappability or things like that, things get to start to be into the, it uses the uh, Bobby Builder basic trademark technology. And I'm like, I just want to know, can I pull it in and can I put it out? That's hot swap, right? I don't care about how you've programmed the hot swap to work. Now, I know there will be people who do. And in a case, Technical digit, you know, documentation can show that stuff. But if your Bobby Baby technology trademark thing is for that, but then you use it somewhere else that doesn't reference hot swapping, I get confused. And I'm like, do you just trademark everything, Bobby Baby? Like, what's the deal here? And I think having that sort of minimum just requirement would be nice. I think I think with 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 respect, Josie, there's also a, an issue here of of you, uh, and we are all guilty of this. Um, of you, all being marketing in- should be for me and me only. Chris. <laughs> yes, you should understand this. It should answer you're, my needs, not yours. You're, you're <laughs> in this little little bubble, essentially, that you need you need hardware or server hardware to do a certain thing. And now I've worked mm-hmm. on systems that need to be environmentally um, rated. They need to be, be able to work at minus 40 degrees Celsius. They need to be, work, need to, they need to be oh, yeah. airtight. They need to be hermetically sealed. They need, to, they need to have hardware that is above and beyond anything that we would ever install in our PCs at home, you know? Um, the, the I've reliability. play with a few of those. Just, just oh, things yes. like, just simple things like server RAM is different from, you know, hardware uh, ram that we'd get in our normal workstation pcs not that it makes practically that much difference to us these days but servers are running constantly all the time and do a lot of heavy lifting whereas our computers do heavy lifting for short periods of time so it's a bit different but yeah i think trying to i think that's why that's why companies use marketing 
So that's why DigitalOcean has the different levels of droplets. And that's why when you go to somewhere like Scan or you go to, um, who are them, the, the big hosted providers? I've forgotten the name of them, but they're in Manchester. Anyway, they, they the people who, prov who provide like rack-mounted solutions for um, Rackspace, there you go, that's one of them. And there are many say, others. That sounds available. like Rackspace considering yeah. the fact that, yeah. But there are tons of tons of companies that do it, but Rackspace is a fairly famous right. one. But they, they provide off-the-shelf solutions for people like yourself and they're unfortunately that you can't standardize them because they are gonna they're gonna have their own marketing in there i mean for god's sake hard drives there's a lot of technology included in technology in inverted commas um you know included in hard drives that just means nothing to any of us we, we want to know how fast it is and if it's going to explode at any point you know <laughs> you, you know it, it's so funny uh when i started going after my A+. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, A+, is a CompTIA certification and that is mostly popular in the United States, more so than other places that focus on showing you have an understanding of hardware. Um, so understanding... Um, uh, <laughs> my brain just went dip switches and I'm like, no, it's not the dip switches. Uh, my brain can't remember which all... Like, there were these little... Uh, plugs that were on the back of hard drives that you had to set for master slave that yeah. you like well, they were I, I can't remember all of those but there was also you like you have to understand but... yeah there was also irq management that you had to understand you had to fully get what post was um you had to understand what smart meant in reference to spinny drives um because you know smart technology was a way to track whether clusters were actually uh being corrupted or not and, and you know there's nonsense. a whole and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes with it. And it just makes me think about that. Um, but I think, I think for me, it, it's partially Jumpers. a frustration. Jumpers. That's Thank what those were called. Oh, jumpers. Yes. Um, but there's this whole thing in my head. I think I get really, really annoyed and. <laughs> I'm an early adopter of technology. I love researching SaaSes, which are software as a service platform providers, because I'm always finding new and fascinating ones that are just amazing. I mean, for example, um, a lot of people use Google Analytics. I prefer not to use Google Analytics where I can. I recommend something called Matoma, which is an open source. It can do exactly the same thing that Google can, however you host it. You control what data is collected. It really helps you because it also can anonymize. It can do geolocation. It can do all kinds of stuff. It can handle funneling. Everything that Google Analytics does, except in a more privacy-centric way. However, there's a new startup that it's not really new, but I've started investigating it called Plausible, which does analytics as well. And again, it's privacy-centric. And again, you can self-host it. And like, I love exploring new technology. And when I'm in that What's new out there that can do all of the things that we all know about? What's the cool stuff? I like that. At that point in time, I feel like, great, cool. I can explore it and I don't, uh, give me the buzzwords. Lay it on me. Let me hear and let me see if I can get a bingo card going for you. My problem is when I am dedicated to a project and I then have to get really nitty gritty about specifics and I can't find the answers I'm looking for. I have to contact support to get the answers I'm looking for. That's really, really frustrating to me. Even if the solution you have is literally going to be the answer to what it is I am looking for, the fact that I have to take those extra steps annoys the ever-living bejeebus out of me. I'm, I, I haven't, I'm sorry. I'm, I have no sympathy for you here because it's the job. <laughs> it's what we have to do. It, like, I know. I know, I, but like, everything I guess that in I a way, do, this is just big rant. <laughs> every single thing that I do, whether it's technical or not, because of my personality, and you're the same. You've got a similar personality to me. You know, we're not we're not identical, but we've got you know similar traits to the way that we we approach problems. Um, of mm -hmm. course, yes. Um, I'm missing the beard. Yes, um, but um, I think everything in life that I do, I dig deep. I I need to know absolutely everything about it. The electrical stuff that I was talking about the other week. The, right now, mm. I'm I've talked about my the, a neighbour thing that I'm having at the moment. I have now, mm -hmm. and this isn't intended to be a segue because I wanted to talk about something to do with this. I have dug it's a good segue though. I very like this. very deep 
into into case law around some laws that I'm looking into to to see where I stand because I'd rather know and understand conversations I'm going to have with legal experts to some extent before I get involved with with legal experts about it. I say before, you know, during conversations, whatever. So I, I, I dig deep because I want to know about it. And you can't say that if you didn't want to know about it, you wouldn't do it, if that, if that makes sense. You, 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 no. You, I think you just win it. I think you relish it. I, I, I think it's, it's a bit like, um, uh, I guess you could say the rant we have about acronyms. You know, our industry, and I'll, I'll admit, it's not just our industry, but because we're in it, it's much more in our face than, say, if we were in the medical field or if we were in certain sciences or if we were in uh, publishing or what have you. Like, in our industry, it is it is horrific and comical at the same time. And I think that sort of balance between the two just is ripe for just ranting about these things. Absolutely. But I think, in my opinion, the solution is obvious. Make certain that all the sites have the information I want. No one else matters. Or or (laughs) burn every human on the planet. Burn every human on the planet. That's the other solution. I think I think that's more easily achievable than than getting every company in the world to do what you want them to do. <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> you are absolutely not wrong. In the interests of any future legal case we might have against us, that was a joke. That was not something that I would seriously consider. <laughs> if everyone on the planet burned, Chris, it'd be no one to bring legal precedents against us. I think we'll that's be a good okay. Point. That's a good point. We wouldn't oh, have to find. We wouldn't have to discover fire again if we were the only only people, because it'd be all around us. Yeah, yeah, it would. So I have to ask, and I have to dig into this case law, right? Mm. So is there was a time in my life, and this was when I was a, a smaller baby Josie, where legal things were like ooh, fascinating. Nowadays, with the advent of the internet and the interwebs, I am finding that I am probably smarter than some of the lawyers that are out there. I'm not a cat, I promise, just to give you an idea. (laughs) But it has actually peeled back for me, watching all these things online, it has peeled back for me the truth behind how... Society has marketed lawyers to be these incredibly, amazingly smart people because they have to pay exorbitant amounts of money to go to law school or they have to take these LSAT exams, at least in the States. And they're really complicated and complex where the reality is. That's not it at all. They're just really good at using a database search and reading and putting pieces together. There's, you know, understanding logical fallacies, working through those things, which, I mean, arguably, you and I can do. I think arguably you a lot and of them I aren't good would make that. amazing lawyers. Well, uh, here's a, uh, this might be an interesting fact to, to yourself and our listeners. I, my career choice when I was a kid was a solicitor. I wanted to be a solicitor specifically for children. The reason for that is that when I, my mum mom and dad had their divorce at my, the age of nine, I had a very long and extended period of stress in my life for, for about five or six years. They were trying to get divorced and they argued over absolutely everything. And I had a keen interest because I didn't even know you could have children's solicitors. And I got one myself because my parents were so unreasonable. I just went, right, I'm nine. I've had enough here. I'm going to go and see what I can do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to speak to, um, I'm going to speak to my social workers and figure out what route, other routes there are, and they gave me some alternatives. And I ended up speaking to a lawyer, and I just got really interested in it. I didn't get interested enough to pursue it because I think the academic side of it put me off. And in fact, I know that now. That is definitely why I didn't want to do it because I'm not an academic person. I hate that aspect of learning, but I love self-learning, and I love. I love learning just in general. I just like absorbing mm. information, but only when mm. it's relevant to something that I'm 
doing. If it's my job, I love learning about it because it's got a means to an end. And if it's if it's you know about something about my personal life, I will give it my all. So I'm currently digging into case law and not just case law, but you know the actual. I don't even know what they're called. All the different acts, you know, the law documents of of our land, uh, and I'm trying to statutes. dig into them to see statutes. Yeah, that'll do. That's probably right. But. Sure, I'm probably wrong. There's going to be a lawyer somewhere going, "Oh, shut up, oh, yeah, woman!" Absolutely. I'll be like, I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from a, a lawyer. I, I, I they, they do they do a job. They charge a lot of money, and they charge a lot of money because I would argue they can, because they can. And we're looking at things like three hundred pounds an hour. We, you know, a lawyer is generally that—that's the rough cost of a senior lawyer, senior associate, and that's why legal costs mount. So, what I'm doing in order to avoid as much legal legal costs as I can is I'm learning the basics. I'm figuring out the bit that the laws that might apply, and I'm reading as much as I can about them, and I'm trying to understand if the laws that apply. Um, or the laws I think might apply can apply in this particular circumstance. And of course, I'm not privy to all of the information, and I understand why lawyers take so long to do things. They also have multiple clients as well, so that doesn't help matters. And obviously, well, I'm, I, there's, a, there's going to be experts in certain areas as well, so they, they will have already done quite a lot of the work that I'm doing now, of course. But they have to troll through examples of case law and remember that every case that goes through the courts one it takes a long time for it to get to court when it does get to court they realize they 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 essentially are are setting a new precedent for potentially a new judgment or a future judgments and that's what case law is about isn't it it's about us taking examples of what judges have said in the past, taking that as a precedent and going, well, this actually would apply. And then lawyers, all they really do is read that case law and send letters between each other saying, well, in Lorimer versus Jeff uh, in, in 2004. <laughs> Lorimer versus Epsom. <laughs> yep. Um, that, that, that this, you know, this precedent was proven to be the case and we believe that your client is doing this in contravention of this law and everything else. All of that stuff. The one problem I have with it is sometimes the language is extremely difficult to follow because of the way that the sentences Legal are structured. They're not ease. natural English. It's just why? Why is it so full Loopholes. Of- Loopholes. This, this is one of those really weird ones. Um, and uh, <laughs> I just want to point out, Jaser. Hi, Peter. Hi, Jason. Uh, pointed out there's another streamer that he watches. The stream is currently titled The Litigation Disaster Tourism Hour. Uh, <laughs> there is some really crazy things with that. But when it comes down to um, one thing I want to broach is you talked about the pricing. And mm-hmm. you think they charge a lot because they can. I argue they charge a lot because it's not just them when you hire a lawyer especially in the states they're not sitting there going through the legal books for you during that time they have people under them who are just hmm. either fresh out of law school or Julius who paralegals. are interns or exactly and they need to be paid just like the lawyer needs to be paid for representing or putting all the documents together paying for their certifications paying for their ability to have a permit in whatever place they happen to be in you're you're covering quite a few people. So it's not just the lawyer you're picking up, it's their team. So I understand the pricing can be stupid. I say that because um, when GDPR came out, I sat down with a lawyer to talk about GDPR and its implications and things within my own company and making certain that we had everything put together. And I got quite a bit of work out of them and it did not cost me nearly the price that you are talking about. So... You know, there are there are some and it was just him like it wasn't any other people or anything else like that. So the price was actually pretty darn affordable. Um, But when it comes down to the whole concept of case laws and uh, proving points and other things like that, a lot of cases never really get to the court. So Mm. what you end up paying for is you end up paying for your lawyer having the ability to double talk. 
and having the ability to understand when someone else is double talking and understanding how to help use the law to prove your case or your side of the case to be the the more valid one, because there is no such thing as black and white. But legalese, on the other hand, it's designed that way to prevent loopholes. Because mm. in the court of law, while the world and people are not black and white in any way, shape, or form, laws have to be black and white. Murder That's is legal adult, or illegal, but what type of murder was it? Was it accidental? Was it pre-planned? Was it um, hiring someone else? Like, if you take an extreme case, there are so many, like, first degree, second degree, like, a whole bunch of different things down the line. And if someone, for example, um, let's say that they were driving home and they had a stroke while they were in the back of their, or while they were driving their car, you can't plan for a stroke, but they swerved and they accidentally hit and killed somebody. Should they get the same, like legal precedent as someone who, you know, went out, bought a knife, and then decided to hunt somebody down. And all of a sudden, we're a murder mystery show, Chris. I love this. Um, yeah, um, and I think I think we're lagging again. So it might be worth oh no. us uh, just having a BRB, guys. We'll be back one second, all right? Mm-hmm. Hi. We're back. <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, so yep. I, I think... I, I have no problem with solicitors. I don't I don't for one second think they're overpaid, but I st- and I I will counter your argument of of them needing to pay all the people in that I know teams of software consultants or developers that charge much much less per day than a solicitor would. They can do they do that because they can do that and they have the training to be able to do that. There is an element of I- People being scared of the law, and if you put the f- a foot wrong, if you say the wrong thing or you write down the wrong thing to you know between the parties, you can you can mess up a whole case. And I, I could give you some examples of what's gone on with. I can't do it online on right, you know, live, right. but there's some examples of of things that have happened with the case that I'm looking at right now. That um, is, it's 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 just. It's all it takes is one thing, and it s- switches the whole thing. The switches everything all the way up. And again, it's based on uh, case law, and that's why it's that's why it's interesting to read it. I I I, I will point out, and uh, Gwen's hi, hubby uh, said that James or Brian had a really good podcast with the Secret Barrister last week. Really well worth a listen. Are you familiar with the Secret Barrister, by the way? Nope. Uh, So the secret barrister is completely and utterly anonymous. He, she, they, whoever they may happen to be, actually is in the the field here in the United Kingdom of law. And they write a lot about it. And they do it completely and utterly anonymous. And it's an interesting concept that someone in that field is doing that. Now, going back to the pricing, in America, it makes sense because... Do you know how much it costs to go to law school? No, I don't, but I imagine it's not cheap. Easily your two years of big hardcore law is about 350. Thousand. Yeah. Wow. Like it, 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 no, that's not counting like books and uh, you know, all the other supplies and other things that go with it. It's stupid. It is absolutely disgusting how much that is. But that's a topic for how expensive post-education stuff is. And you and I can go into a rant on that in some particular day. But- I think, but I still think my route at the moment is a valid route in that I'm trying to learn as much as I can before I engage properly. So I think it's, there's a little bit of a fear sometimes right. from, for me that if I don't understand what people are talking about, and it happens in my work as well, that... I won't be able to provide. I won't get as much value for money. I won't be able to provide as good a service to people if I'm, you know, the, if I'm the uh, the provider, the service provider. But in this instance, I want to be able to understand when they talk about the the different laws in particular, or the you know the different, not necessarily the cases. I don't want. I don't know the ins and outs of all the case law, but reading it and understanding that this particular case set this precedent is the is an important part for me, so I can go right. So. I did a bit of reading on on this, and I found this particular example. I have this evidence. Does that actually relate? Does that 
is that relevant to this? And they can advise me one way or the other. That conversation there, the fact that I spent three weeks getting to it of my own time, um, you know, evenings and weekends, like reading things and trying to figure out what's going on, um, to me makes utter sense because if I, if I didn't do that, it might take the solicitor the same amount of time to get to that conclusion because they don't haven't got all of the evidence that they're privy to. So I'm, I'm gathering evidence, you know, figuring out what's what's needed and hopefully I'll be able to present them with everything and they'll just be able to go, right, that's, this is your case, you know. <laughs> that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Well, see, it goes back to, you're, you're right, you and I both have this deep desire to dig deep when we're doing something or looking at a topic that we don't necessarily know enough about because we want to have a deep understanding of it. And there's a, I think the logical side of us really appreciates seeing how the layers build up. I, I'll tell you, I was never really interested in law, not really, until I actually started watching things like Legal Eagle and right. some of the other things that are here in the UK. I mean, Judge Reinhold, I mean, come on. Rinder. He's amazing. Uh, yeah, Reinder. To be fair, yes, Judge Reinder. You know, it He's comes from Judge Judy, doesn't but, it? That kind of thing. But Judge Judy's got a very different setting. To no, it. it actually went back to ju- it's pre-Judge Judy. It's the People's Court. Very, very, very long time ago. I mean, I'm definitely showing my age here. Uh, the People's Court in the United States was that Judge Judy came after the People's right, okay. Court. Um, and you know, it's it's seeing the it's seeing the way that people, when you're involved in a situation that has any form of litigation involved, but if you're, you know, one side or the other, there's emotions that are going to be involved. The law tries to strip past the emotions, understanding that there are certain situations where emotional damages can be claimed, yada, yada. They try to strip past that to get to the logical side of things. I've joked often that I'd rather be a robot than a human because then I don't have to deal with these messy things called emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a particular case that Judge Reinder saw, and it has left such an impression on me. I went, I wonder what it would be or what it would take for me to go back to law or go back to school in specific law, in specific UK law, and actually get involved. Um, there was a mother and a son, and there was a disagreement because he owed. she asked, can you please pay me back money? And he just was taking the mickey with her, completely taking the mickey with her. Um, but because of the fact that when she transferred money to him, it just said, you know, happy birthday. Because when you go to transfer money on your bank app, if you don't explicitly change what the note is for it, it keeps the same note every single time. And she didn't change that. And he said, I am so sorry. I want to rule in your favor, but I can't. Because it explicitly said, happy birthday. It's seen as a gift. Mm. I can't. And that stuck so strongly with me. And I'm like, yo, you know, there are people out there who are constantly like trying to do the best that they can. I don't want to be that lawyer who takes people to court. I want to be that lawyer, a bit like what I do with security, where I'm like, okay. You're afraid of security. You don't know what two-factor authentication is. Password managers make you go, ooh, scary. Let me show you how easy it can be. Let me show you. You don't always have to know why, but let me help you understand that so that you lose that fear. I kind of want to be able to be like, here are some things to help protect yourself. Like, I kind of want to do that within the legal sphere. So, yeah, that's that's my rant on that topic. That's a skull shirt. Yes, it's a wrestling shirt. It's actually my, my decorating shirt, and I should have been uh, laying concrete today, but a downpour happened, so it got cancelled. Um, ah. Yeah, I, I've been I've been fascinated in in that since I was a kid. It, it, you know, in the law, it just in general because my life when I was younger was full of litigation and and allegations between you know my parents and stuff. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't I wasn't a problem child. I didn't get you know, I didn't get in trouble with the police or anything like that. And none of my friends did either. It wasn't really a thing. But my mum and dad definitely have had their run-ins, uh, you know, in the years. Um but I'm I'm of recent years, I'm very interested in contract law because I'm a, I'm a contractor. And I have to yeah. at least understand 
the the salient points around contracting, which we've been through in previous episodes a, num- a number of times. Again, I'm, when, I'm not a lawyer, and neither of us are lawyers, and we would anything we ever do say in these podcasts is completely discretionary. You know, don't don't take it for for given. Do your own research and speak to a lawyer, etc. But I. I know enough about it to be confident in myself when I sign contracts and when I create contracts, you know, without the need for a lawyer to be involved a lot of the time. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't get a lawyer involved. And that also doesn't mean that, like, right now, I am. In fact, I am. I'm engaging, you know, solicitors to to at least get more advice, at least try and figure the next step out. And, and I want to talk about it so much, but I shouldn't, you know? There's nothing stopping me. No one's said don't talk about it, but I also shouldn't talk yeah, about you, it. You <laughs> have an understanding that things said in a public setting could be brought in as evidence in a court, well, yada, yada, yada. Like, there's, yeah, there's I mean, all kinds of things there, and yeah. It's, it's, it's one of them things that, while it's kind of... St- it can be considered stressful, you know, getting the law involved in, in disputes and things like that. It can be considered uh, worrying and, and upsetting and and also, out, you know, you, can, you might think you're out of your depth. But that doesn't mean you, if you put effort into it, you can't become less stressed. Even though at the moment, every waking minute of my brain, when I'm not thinking about programming or DIY, I'm thinking about this problem and the next route, the next step, you know, everything else I need to do. But it doesn't mean you can't become more confident and can't become more... Uh, the, the more knowledge you have, the the better armed you are. Which goes back to a topic that we've discussed previously on the show where I firmly believe people need to be taught how to learn, yes. not what to learn. Absolutely. Because if you find the way that works best for you... You can learn anything. You could learn about plumbing if you know nothing about plumbing. You can learn about building if you want to learn about building. You can learn about uh, aviation, uh, trains, uh, anything, uh, how to put together a stuffed animal, uh, how to sell something, uh, how to build a server, how to solder. I mean, anything yeah. you can learn if you want to put your time into it, which basically means, Chris, you know what we need to do? We need uh, to retire. Nice. That is my segue. <laughs> uh, we're 15 minutes from the end, so that's perfect. I'm going to have to stop highlighting this and be a bit more professional, aren't we, when we do our segues? <laughs> yes, we do. And what? you know what? No. The, the, it was a last minute thing that I, I decided to, I wanted to talk about retirement. So let's move on from the legalese because I can't say much more than, than I, I try, I'm trying not to say. Um, I went, I, I was going to ask. What would you do if you could retire right now? What would your life be like? In all honesty, would you continue to work? Would you just drop it all? Would you? I mean, you know, we have obviously got obligations to our clients, and and you oh, know, well, I'm well, let's let you just say first. for for uh, for sanity's sake or for exploratory sake, my clients are completely taken care of and I, I don't have to worry about any of that. I can literally just cut off everything, retire, my rent's paid, my mortgage is paid actually, like all of the stuff is all handled, right? What would I do with myself? This is actually something that my husband and I have talked about. Neither one of us are idle people. We're not. I mentally have to be engaged all the time or I feel like I've not accomplished anything. So would I change anything at all about what I am doing? No, I actually wouldn't. I would still be investigating new SASs because I'm fascinated by them. If anything, I might go back to school to learn another topic. Um, I might go and explore... um, uh, arts and things like that because there's several bits of arts and stuff that I want to do but you know I'd probably do it while streaming because I, I love that type of engagement um, I might uh, play games etc but the difference is I wouldn't have other people's deadlines over my shoulder so if I found myself playing a game which we have all done in our lifetimes where we went okay I can play I have time why is it the next day what mm-hmm. happened? Where did the time go? 
just one more turn, one more map. Like we've all been there. We've all yeah. had something like that. I, I would probably do something silly like that without concern about the impact it might have on a client or something. Um, but I would still explore technology. I would probably sit there and go, Ooh, I have an app idea. Let me see what I need to do in order to make this happen. I'd probably also be like, what the hell is react 14? What? Too far. That's what react 14 is. <laughs> I'm assuming they're like, not at 14 you know, yet. I don't know to be fair. No. <laughs> Was it six but like, my, my point is, I would still do exactly what I am doing now. Now, the difference might be, I might do it in a completely different location, because I'm not tethered to a location at that point in time. I don't need to be guaranteed that my internet is up and running. I don't need to have the guarantee that uh, as the clocks tick away or, you know, the times change. <laughs> but on that, there's very little that I would actually change. I would probably just have more time for topics where I sit there going, I really want to learn this, but I have to do this right now for a client. Mm. That's, that's a, like my big process of mental gymnastics. I'd still do projects. I'd still do technology. I'd just probably add art to it. I kind of, I had a feeling that's what your answer would be. You know, you'd still do what you currently do. Um, and the thing is, my husband is exactly the same way. The difference is he and I would probably be doing these apps and things together because he doesn't work at my company completely. Yes, he is a director of our company. And yes, he does do quite a bit of the infrastructure uh, balancing support and all the stuff that goes with it. But he has to dedicate his time to the, the nine to five when that's going on. But he and I would probably be able to sit there, look at each other and go, Ooh, do you know what would be really cool? What happens if we took this and we integrated it with this and then we had this and we just go off and explore? But to be fair, that's us flirting with each other. Oh. I think but um I we couldn't I, be I, idle. I couldn't be idle. Definitely not. Um I'm not one I'm not one to. I don't even like sitting at my desk these days. To be honest, to be honest with you, I don't even like sitting at my desk <laughs> in front of the computer. Which <clears throat> I do because it lets until, me talk to a lot of people. But that, that's that's me. <laughs> until recent years, I've I've been quite content with that life. You know, sedentary life, sitting in front of the computer, playing games, you know, learning, doing work, um, not working too hard. If you know, what I mean, like not working until the, the early hours, like some people do. I have a very strict schedule, but I've been quite comfortable with that. Of late, because of my back issues and because I've been enjoying, you know, I've moved house and I've been enjoying doing DIY as well, that's taking precedent at the moment. I'm not going out on my bike anymore. I used to cycle hundreds of miles a week, you know. I, I don't do any of that right now. And it's not that I'm bored of that. It's that I haven't really got room for it in my life at the moment. Um, and I'm not going to have room for it for a while. If I retired... And let's say, for example, I retired and I had nothing to do to the house. It was the DIY was done and it was just, mm -hmm. you know, general maintenance and I'm quite happy. And, and this, I, hopefully, I expect that to be the case when, I'm, when I do get to retirement age. Um, I think I would go back to being a, the little bit of a mountain man that I was previous to this. Only a little bit, because I still would live here, you know, where I am in this house. I would go out for a lot more walks. I would take in nature a lot more. I would spend a lot more time cycling, rambling uh, with a with a map and not knowing where I'm going or where I'm going to end up in that day. I love that kind of thing. Um, listening to the wife's complaints as I take her over another muddy field that she thinks I do on purpose. Uh, which I don't. It's just part of the. It's just part of the the experience. You know, it's like right. There's a field here. Mm -hmm. That's a right mm -hmm. of access according mm -hmm. to the map. Let's uh, let's go. <laughs> you know, um, but I thought up until recent years, until I found this new house and you know I got comfortable, I thought I would I would be I'd be on my computer for the rest of my life. But it's changed, and I, and I never thought it would change. I thought I'd settled into the mindset of I, lo I love computers, I love computer games, I love love programming, I love my projects. I've got side projects. The other thing that I would do, and this is contrary to what I've just said, is one hundred percent. As much as I I really like my clients at the moment, and I really like the work that I do for them, it's interesting. 
I would drop that in a heartbeat in order to go back to game development um, if I had spare time to do that on top of all the walks and cycling that I'd want to do. You said because- something when you and I first, like you and I first met a long time ago. Um, it's it's going on quite a few years now. And we met through game development discussions on Twitch. And um, I can't remember exactly when. It was, uh, it was uh, pre-DMI, I believe, uh, post-MMO buff. And you said something along the lines of... No, it was post when this particular... Oh, sorry, we met during MMO buff, but yeah. Yeah, we met during MMO buff back when I did the data mine. Um, But you said, you know, each year you have learned to uh, relax a bit more and take on less. And you kind of pick like three major projects, whatever they may be. And those are the things that you really put your dedicated focus into because mm-hmm. it's so easy for all of us to go, Oh, you know, what's a really good idea. Let me do this. Oh, it's, this is a really cool idea. And it can be anything, for example, development projects. It could be DIY projects. It could be, um, you know, artistic projects. It could be uh, travel projects. It could be any kind of project. You pick three things and those are the three things you dedicate your energy to when you have them. Most of us were stuck with work as one because it just has to be done, which leaves you with two kind of things that you can really just dump yourself into. I have sitting in a couple of folders, several books that I would probably look at getting published or publishing myself. Um, I would probably also look at game development as well especially because of the changes that have been coming out in the game dev world. I mean, I I'm blown away by some of the things that are out there. I am. I am fascinated by the story. So I would look at doing something like a visual novel story because I I want people to make choices and feel really bad for the choices that they have made. I love that sort of concept. I am not a good enough artist, so I'd have to get an artist to help me. But there are tools now to make it really easy for me to sit there and go, this is my story. This is my branching path. This is how it's all going to link together. These are how the statistics are going to be done. If you haven't played Disco Elysium, Chris, Bloody play the game. I'm playing it at the moment, I'm, and I've got to be honest. Do you want my review on it so far? I, I I was blown away by the mechanical side of things. The story is kind of meh. I died. I died. Very. I died. I'm hopefully not spoiling this for anyone because it's the first bloody thing you do in the game. But as soon as I went to the corpse in the tree, I died. And I thought, what's the point in this? What have I done wrong? What have, I, what have I done wrong? I've just had some conversations and clicked some options that I wanted my character to go down and he had a mental breakdown or something. And I was like, what? so I tried again and I'm, I haven't died this time. I went a different route. I went the other way first and then I'll see how it goes. But so far, I'm, I don't know. I'm finding it a bit it's, wordy for a, for a game. Well, well, see, that's that interesting sounds- you say that because it's a, it's an honest to God, it's like a tabletop RPG. If you are used to playing things like D&D across the table from someone or VTM across the table from someone, you're used to the storyteller telling you this is what's going on, which is right. what those voices are a bit like that you're hearing about. And if you actually look at oh, what's happening, you see the die rolls occurring. You know yeah, yeah. what you need to pray that you rolled the hit. And you are used to the concept of, oh, I botched that roll. It means there's going to be negative consequences. There is a get- chance you're going to die. There's also a chance you are going to succeed so bloody darn well that the storyteller sits there and goes, as an example, yeah, you can stack horses. Yeah, just go ahead and stack horses. You can game break because that role was just crazy. Or that concept that you came up with is insane. There is a feedback to it. But it was a different style of RPG telling in a game format that I was just like, that is actually really kind of cool. I think... But I, I can I, also see why people, people could hate it. There's a few people saying things in chat about this, and, and that, we've obviously sparked some oh. conversation because people have been quiet for a little bit, but we've got... Um, for, we've got... Free, uh, hang on. 
<laughs> yeah, freedom from Mars. I died is how I play any new game. That's why I love roguelikes. You will die, but what matters is when and how. I am a massive fan of roguelikes and roguelites. I and love rogue, roguelikes. You know, in general. Um, and then Jazor, if that's how we pronounce it, um, says, Wordy, my favourite game, has the most text in any video game ever. Please tell us what that game is, because I might very well like it. When I hesitated when I said Wordy then, it's because that doesn't normally put me off a game. I don't mind lots and lots of text in a game. I come from text adventures. I wrote, when I was a kid, on BBCs, I wrote text Mons. adventures, you know. Mons. Yeah, Muds. I, I wrote um, my thing. Uh, games on the Commodore 64 with the construction kit, the adventure construction kit, you know, using words and very, very, very minimal graphics. Um, it's not... It's not the wordiness. It, I think it's the complete... And I know that's the character in the game, but it's the complete lack of control that I had. It felt like I, I literally left my, my room. I didn't try and explore every option because I had Did a feeling... Did you find your shoe, the, by the way? I did find my shoe. Um, okay. I so I, I left the room after I'd I hadn't I said I said I knew that the game was the kind of game that you shouldn't explore every option. Like a lot of RPGs, like you know when you play Skyrim or something like that, you go into a town and you you click every option when you speak to all the NPCs to see what all the dialogue is and get the most out of the game. I knew it would be that, that kind of game. You don't get that option in Disco Elysium. No, and and every time you play it, or every time I died and tried again, I got a slightly different option, different routes. And I, pl- I, I, I rolled a character that was um, highly emotionally intelligent. Like it was like you know the highest setting you could get for it, because I knew that it was going to be conversation based, and I thought that would help. Maybe it was the wrong choice. I don't know. But either emotional, way, yeah, emotional thing makes it a lot easier for you to crack. But I because I, I emotion up. is a challenge. But I, I literally went outside, spoke to the really annoying. Uh, kid with the big ears near the corpse um and it it was just annoying the hell out of me the whole and again i know that was the point but he was annoying the hell out of me and then i went up to the corpse and examined it and then he had a mental breakdown and i was like i didn't do anything but then i realized that there was the little it's like you've got charges or something in the bottom left hand corner to tell you know how many times you can fail a roll and i assume every time you succeed a roll them charges like will build up or something like that and i imagine you can expand them as well in the future um see that game gives you absolutely zero information about how it, your ui is set up or anything yeah. you wake up and it's that's it and it's to we can get into a huge discussion about it at some point, but yes, it is Planescape Torment. That is Jezzer's favorite maybe, game. Maybe we'll what? Sorry, Skate Torment or Pine? What? Well, I've never heard of that Planescape Torment. Planescape. Planescape. No, no, never heard of it. I have to look that up. Um, we should do a, a gaming thing. I'll tell you what, Chris. We should, right? And I'll you tell you retire. What, I was just going to say, I retire. And you and I should sit down and do a game together just for shits and giggles. I'm down for it. Um, I did. I actually did a Ludum Dare I, with my friend uh, years ago. I saw. I, it, I supported you. I was like, yay! It was. It was a lot of fun, and and we had loads of engagement from people. We did the whole thing streamed as well, and we had loads of engagement. Yes. The, the game came out all right. I mean, it wasn't. People were confused by the controls because we had. We actually had for such a simple game. It was called Charn Hell, and it was a play on Charnel House. Um, you know, full of full of dead bodies and things like that. But basically, yeah, the, the premise was that you and and I did all the voiceovers. It's still on Ludum Dare now. Um, but it, you had to like, in order to do things in the game, you had to hold buttons down and release them. And it and it just didn't really. People who played it didn't really get the controls very well. But it did play very well once you figured them out. Um, and it was a two player game as well, so you could play both on the same screen. And you basically fought each other with you threw skeletons at each other and stuff. It was uh, it's quite. I, we really enjoyed it. But we did the music. You know. uh, what? Sorry, one of my friends did the music. We let, he let us use one of his tracks, and um, and I did all the voiceovers and put a lot of effects on it as well. And I was again came out really quite nice in the end. And you also have that other fantastic game that has been sitting in your brain since you were like a young tiny tot. Well, since I started game devin ages ago, yes, Subnet, and it's still there. I've still got all the code, but it's not. I'm going to rewrite it if I do. Well, if. When this house is finished, mm-hmm. right, and, and hopefully that's going to be the next five or so years, when my work starts dwindling off a little bit, 
And again, I'm I'm 40, so I'm still quite far off, you know, retiring. But that's why I want to kind of talk about retirement. Because is there a way I could retire early, Josie? Is there a way that I can just stop? (laughs) Yes, yes, there is. And I will leave you with this tiny bit of information because we are pretty much at the end of our time. Uh, There is a financial consultant that you can contact. There's actually quite a few financial consultants that you can contact. And if you tell them what it is age-wise that you want to retire, they will tell you how much you need to put away and they will count for your mortgage. They will count for, you know, are you looking at doing traveling? They will work with you and they will explain to you everything that you need to do in order to retire at that age. My brother-in-law is looking to retire almost 10 years earlier than he normally would simply because his wife is going to be retiring sooner. And he's like, well, screw it. She retires. I'm retiring. I'm not going to be working while she's retired. Screw that. So they actually went to a financial consultant and they said, look, in order for me to retire way in advance, what do I need to give up now to ensure that I can still keep my mortgage covered, to ensure that I can still do the traveling to the things that I want to do, to ensure that I still have, you know, luxury expenses when I want to go out and get, you know, you know, shit faced or something like they can work with you and they can build out an entire plan, get you set up with absolutely everything you need to know and guide you through the process. Can you do it? Yes. Does it take a bit of pinching now? Yes. Everything you've just said there, I I have spoken to an independent independent financial consultant before, uh, advisor rather before, and, and asked them, you know, can you retire earlier than 65? And they said exactly what you said there. I think my I should have caveated that with, can I just retire now without any of that, without pe- penny pinching? It's more of a, again, this is more catharsis. This is more me just this saying, is, I've had enough. You want to retire. <laughs> I just want to retire. You know, it's, it's so funny because for me, I, I've had sort of similar thoughts. It's, it's, it's more along the lines of when I feel like my tether has been stretched just that little bit too thin. Um, which is why I really wanted to just rant earlier about the whole, you know, spec things and stuff like that, because I just, I'm like, I, I, I get those moments where I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. Screw it. I close up shop, you know, fuck it. I'll find something else to do. I'll find some other way to spend my time because I am beyond frustrated. I'm done. I have those moments. Mm. I, I, I think we should have work weeks where we cycle in one year in work when we are out of work and still get paid. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes. I mean, I said I'm, I'm, I'm quite lucky, really, in that I can have extended periods of time off uh, because of the way that I work and the way my clients work. But it's still, you know, I think when I have extended periods of time off and then get back into it, every time I do that, these days it just this where really is first world problems and i'm so sorry for whinging about my poor life you know but sometimes you just i feel exhausted sometimes i just want to it's contextualized selfish. i mean yeah. you can you can only go with what you've got but um yeah yeah what we'll say though is um big hearts to absolutely everyone we're now at the end of the show Thank you to all of you in Twitch chat for chatting with us, poking fun at us, and adding your own conversation. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, do remember that if you uh, want to look at, listen to any of our previous podcasts or any of our previous shows, you can go on our website, www.dnistream.live, uh, and there's links to all our social media, defunct social media, and uh, chat thing that we don't use anymore and other bits and bobs but yeah drop us a message if you want to be a host on the sh- host you can be a host on the show we'll be the guest and uh, <laughs> and that'll be interesting that'll be quite fun if to get in, getting us two to show up you know it would be absolutely incredible if we could actually have somebody come on and interview us about any questions that they want i'd love people to pick my brains about absolutely anything you know that would be a that. cool I, that would be such a cool thing because I'm so fascinated by people. I don't think I'm all that fascinating, but you know, I got stories. Maybe you can find out a story I could tell you. I don't think it's about being fascinating, isn't it? it is it? It's, it's more about, it's more about, I suppose, not really worrying about talking about yourself. I don't feel like I'm interesting, but I like talking to other people, finding out about them. And I like talking about myself as well. You know, I don't, 
mm. it's I don't know if that's an egotistical thing. I don't know what it is that makes me like that, but it's enjoyable. And I, I, I'd I, love to be I, know, being interviewed. I'd love to be interviewed simply because it makes you think. You know, when you spend so much time talking to the same people over and over and over, answering the same questions, you know, you end up in a bubble of some type, right? But the moment you have someone else who comes out and throws a question at you and you go, that's actually a really good question. I need a moment. That's really cool. And all of a sudden, there's this whole new side of being able to learn about yourself. And then if you're actually in a discussion sort of platform, you know, there's some really cool things that we can learn about ourselves. And and we're all growing pretty much every day. Tell you what, Josie, how about, before before we sign off, why don't we say next week or next time we do the podcast, I'll interview you, and the time after that, you can interview me. I know we kind of do that anyway, but let's if we make that explicit and then we set a subject. Okay. (laughs) Will that work? Nope, nope. My husband has piped in. I'll do it. D&I grilling by Gwens. That's good for me. I'm up for that. I am uh, absolutely also had, up uh, for having him come on to grill us. Free, freedom from Mars <laughs> with a bit of wit saying, uh, thanks for being guests on your show. <laughs> okay, so should we uh, sign off then, yes. friends? Quit rambling. So thank absolutely. you very much, everybody. And we'll, we'll see hope you to see you guys next, next week. Time. Yeah, and I think we got the lag back again. I think it's I think it's like a twenty minute thing. Uh six PM British summertime, twitch.tv or slash DNI stream. The links for XKCD, the O'Brien podcast, maybe some things about law will be in our links as well. Speak Indeed. to y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye.